its primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! You may fire when ready. From the bright center of the galaxy, I'm Rex Cognac, and you're listening to Core World News, your holiday news show for in-depth coverage and analysis for the latest stories from around the galaxy. Now for a special edition of Core World News, with Adam to discuss... Thank you, Grex. A couple of weeks ago, I had the fortune to be in San Francisco uh, for about a week, and I met up with Joelle and Perry from the You Haven't Seen What podcast. Uh, and thought it would be a nice opportunity to sit down and talk a little bit about their podcast. Um, we talked about some of the movies they've covered, like UHF and, and Top Gun. Uh, and then we got into a kind of a large discussion, long discussion about Star Wars, where we covered everything from, you know, the special editions to the prequels to uh, having multi-generational fan base, the Disney era movies, um, what we hope and want from the future of Star Wars. And, and we even got off uh, a little bit of a sidetrack talking about the holiday special. Um, and then we closed it up with a hyperspace hot takes. So uh, stay tuned, listen, and I think you'll enjoy. Um, and if you haven't already, please go check out You Haven't Seen What. It's, it's an awesome and amazing and super fun podcast. And here's Adam in the past. Take it away, Adam. All right. Hi, everybody. I'm here with Joelle and Perry from You Haven't Seen What?, what? What? Tom? I always want to like what I always want to do the uh, the game where I just do the different uh, you know you haven't seen what you haven't seen what <laughs> but I think it's you haven't seen what is that is that kind of the proper that came from uh, Joelle realizing I had never seen I think it was chorus line was mm. the first one where she screamed you haven't seen what yeah and it it grew out of that yeah. I mean, we've I've talked about it a bit on uh, our podcast, but I think uh, I, how about you guys tell us a bit about like what is the premise of the podcast? Oh, we have a premise. <laughs> yes, you love to share it, so go for it. <laughs> well, as I was saying, it it came out of us realizing that there there are really going to be films that when you get together as a couple, you want to talk about and. Do films you? you might consider a deal breaker, mm-hmm. like hey, if if you haven't ever seen this movie. Maybe we need to rectify that, yeah. but also there's the fear that comes along with oh, that yeah. of maybe they won't like that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I didn't like Black to the Future, like our, we would never have gotten married ever, never. <laughs> Did you say Black to the I Future? No, I said Back I, to oh, the Future. Oh, I was going to say, I, I have I'm not, not seen drinking. that one, but I bet it's awesome. I'm sober. <laughs> oh, we could do Black to the Future. That would yeah. be interesting. Yes. By the way, to just put some context to that, uh, Joelle is uh, Chinese-Jamaican. And I'm just a white guy, so So that's why I'm surrounded. Don't worry. A lot of times our conversation will dip into that territory. But um, but yeah, it uh, we realize that, you know, there are movies that we all love. Yeah. But what we also have to realize is that when we show them to our adult partner, they may not react the same way, not having grown up with those and may not have the same deep affinity for certain things or just don't get it at all. And I have seen couples break up over uh, over such, or at least get into heated debates. And yeah. so we decided, you know, why don't we just watch all of these movies and tell the world what our clashing reactions are to them? I like how that's your recollection. That's not my that's recollection, not how it happened. How it happened. <laughs> so uh, what you don't know about Perry is that Perry is a big film buff. Mm-hmm. And as a wife of a film buff when he starts speaking another language, <laughs> you sort of, 
you, you're not clued in. I mean, that's just the reality of it. Sure. So I, I say things that he doesn't know. He'll say things that I don't know. And at some point you're sort of like, all right, well, let's figure out what it is that we don't actually know. Um, and then we started having weird conversations about where we were in our life at that particular time, you know, what translated well in the podcast. Um, so the good, the bad and the ugly, mm-hmm. yep. Um, and then just talking about like, Hey, cultural relevance and the soundtrack, like everyone forgets. Soundtrack. Oh, that's going to be a beep. Sorry, Ben. (laughs) So yeah. So everyone forgets the soundtrack and the soundtrack's the most important part sometimes. I mean, in flash dance, totally important. Top gun, completely important. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, even, just from Star Wars. I mean, oh, there you go. Exactly. If they used synth music for Star Wars. It just wouldn't. That have would been, not work. Yeah, be amazing, but <laughs> wouldn't have worked. Right. Yeah. So or classical or something. You yeah. know, if they had tried a, a two thousand one type right. approach to yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So we just decided to watch a bunch of movies, and I don't know. You always want to do a podcast, so I went along <laughs> for the ride. I'm the agreeable wife, apparently. Yes. Yeah, it was me who pushed for it, but she was the one who said, okay, it's January, we're doing it. And I was like, no, I need more months to get ready, and nope. So that's where the Blade Runner episode started it all, and uh, that uh, that one, I, I still love it, but I felt like I was not as prepared because Joel said, two days, we're doing it. So. <laughs> well, as a listener, I don't think that comes through. I think it's I think it's a solid episode, because okay, I, I listened to, I met Joel last year, um, and we kind of traded uh, podcasts and stories. And so I immediately downloaded it on the plane ride back, started listening to it, and was hooked from the first episode. Like, this is a great premise. They have such great chemistry, which I would hope because you're married. But, like, it, it translates to it's all uh, put on. the podcast. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, those fights are not put on no. on air. We just leave them in. We don't edit the fights out. I'm so glad they're entertaining as heck. <laughs> um, especially he if He starves me sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. He starves me on purpose. <laughs> These are true stories. Yeah. Um, but I want to bring it back to Perry. You made the point of kind of like seeing movies at different times in your mm-hmm. life, and um, I'm going to jump into a specific episode that you all did, which was the UHF episode. <laughs> he hates and, this episode so bad, and I I know it's a controversial one. It was, it was hard. It was difficult. <laughs> um, but I want to talk about my reaction to it because mm-hmm. I had I think about a month before you released the episode, I saw a screening of UHF with Weird Al. Um, oh. And I was like, this movie totally holds up. It's hilarious. And what I realized is after listening to your episode and show everything you said while I was listening to it, I'm like, oh, that's true. Oh, that's true also. Oh, boy. I'm sorry. No, no, it's fine. But I think it's it's just an interesting point of like the movies you see as a kid are the movies that are important to you and you kind of just can't see them objectively anymore. And then when you go see a movie like that in a theater where everyone's just screaming wheel of fish together, right. you think you're you're at like this cultural touchstone. So so exactly. So all these screenings, right, yeah. that happen. So um, we've done a couple of John Cusack screenings now and it is so interesting to hear what people are like laughing at and laughing about and you're in this like microcosm of this fandom that they think that that person, whoever they've come to see, is the greatest thing on the face of the earth. So much so that you sort of socially construct that they are too, in and of itself. And it become, it takes over. It just takes over rational yeah. thought. Yeah. And I feel the same is true with like kids that we saw, uh, or films that we saw as a kid. Like you cannot tell me that Clue is not one of the greatest movies ever. Like you just, yeah. you, I, we can't have a conversation <laughs> 
Um, and the same, I think, was true of UHF with Perry until, I'm sorry, I, 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 I told the truth about <laughs> and, it. And I had to accept it. And it was, it was traumatic, and it yeah. still is to have to admit that something that I enjoyed so much that I, when watching it, I kept trying to yeah. find the funny. And other than those no. little vignettes, so they there were are not... there are funny pieces. I'm not sure, dude. Let's not bash Weird Al. Like he did, I think. Uh, what is it? Uh, Smells like Nirvana is one of my favorite albums from him, including the polka "Stuck in a Closet with a Van at White." Like, like I've seen <laughs> that man so many times yeah. already, and I enjoyed all of it. But I think what objectively, when you're talking about it, it you know, those bits and pieces. Had you just said there were bits and pieces, yeah. would have been a different conversation. Yes. If you would have sold it to me like that, you don't sell me a, a faux plot, and it's right. not a, it's, it's not. So no, and I remember thinking about that, like, like I just think about in certain Star Wars movies I watch, I kind of watch I, from this scene, and then I have to get to this scene, mm-hmm. and I ignore the bits in between those scenes. That happen. oh no, that's fair. And um, and I feel like when you were talking about UHF, I'm like, oh, that's totally what's going on with that. It's like I'm just waiting for the next bit to happen. Yeah. And it was interesting seeing Weird Al talk about it because he was super excited to be there. He's, I mean, we all love Weird Al in this room, yes. and and he seemed very gracious to be there. I honestly feel like he seemed a bit confused to <laughs> as be there to as why? well. As to like, I don't think he even thinks it's necessarily a good film because when he talks about the making of it, he talks a lot about the struggles surrounding it and it's kind of what mm-hmm. he wanted to do with it. And so I think he's even like, you really like this? <laughs> well, isn't it? Um, isn't there a commentary on that UHF? Track. Did you yeah, listen there to is, it? There is, and the commentary is hilarious because I think the running joke is that he seemed to remember the address of every place <laughs> that they filmed and remembered all of these just absurdly detailed memories that I feel like maybe were a put on, yeah. but I couldn't quite tell. So actually, the commentary is really entertaining, and there's a ton of mm-hmm. stuff that was cut out of it. Yeah. But, um, but I think he felt the same way in the commentary, he, no? He does. He feel there was something else he was going for yeah. and did feel like this wasn't quite it. And um, I do feel like, too, I, had I seen it in a theater with Weird Al, yeah. I think I might have had a very, very different reaction. Oh, probably, yeah. Because I would have been enamored with him being there and yeah. seeing it with other people yep. who are, are excited about it. But what we've been talking about lately is we've seen a lot of things in the theater, a lot of mm-hmm. re-releases, and what a different experience that is. And not that we had forgotten that the theater was special, but yeah. really when you see, say, Top Gun, as we did yeah. recently in the theater again, so or even Shawshank. My favorite movie. So good. And yeah. you see it in the theater, and you go, yes, it hits all the right beats, the, mm-hmm. you know, the music, the sounds, the, uh, the, the right shots, and there's an excitement that builds in the theater and also, you can't be distracted just waiting for those certain points to hit. You're yeah. not forced to watch everything in between, but you do because yeah. you're not folding laundry or right. making dinner. Yeah. And it is a very different experience, and sometimes for the better and sometimes for the worse. Yeah, yeah we definitely have been trying to go to more of those revivals for that reason. Like, yes. it totally changes it. And I, and I, you know, kind of on the reverse of UHF, um, you, your episode on Top Gun and my wife's love of Top Gun has completely turned me around on that film. Really? Yeah, and I was never like, I hate this film. I was just like, I don't get this film. And like, and it just it wasn't part of my childhood. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, and it was part of Carly's, my wife's huge part. Like, that's the only f- film the entire family could agree on. So it was like every oh, really? weekend was like Top Gun, and then wow. and then hearing yours experience with it, where I'm like, 
And then just thinking back and then watching it again with her, I'm like, oh, this is is objectively amazing film. It's just so much fun. It knows exactly what it is. And it's that throughout the entire time. Yes. It's, um, I know I kept uh, afterwards, I'm like, how many things has Tom Cruise been in that he actually does act in? And then I started listing off a couple and I was like, wow, that's really great. And Top Gun, man, it's just a feel good film. Yeah. You're just like, yeah, you know, this guy's a rebel and you know he gets a shot and then he's trying to prove himself and so it's weird that you see like male insecurity interplayed mm-hmm. and all this and you know obviously daddy issues that it brings yeah. up <laughs> so for a very masculine film um it, there there's some very sensitive it's points true. that it actually like death and grieving and yeah and overcoming it like uh, there's a lot of like emotional notes within top gun that you don't even realize it's strange i feel like my entire relationship with it, with it was based on pop culture references mm-hmm. right? oh, fair. Does that make sense? so i saw it probably a couple of times when i was a kid didn't see it for a long time and didn't realize all that subtle stuff going on in a movie that's not per- trying to be subtle at times but there's there's stuff going on under the surface of that movie that's just fascinating yeah like dirty dancing isn't about yeah. dancing you know I, I, that and i think that's the interesting part about watching something as as an adult Mm -hmm. and going back, because really a lot of these movies are adult movies that we're watching as kids. Yes, that's true. I mean, same thing with Star Wars, right? Yeah. Everyone's like, kids movie. I'm like, but is it? (laughs) But is it? And also what qualified at one time, the 70s and 80s were very different. Yes, a lot of cocaine. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) A lot of cocaine. It's a hell of a drug. Yeah. Yeah, what you could get away with in yes. some of those films and what we watch now as, you know, things that were like the Dark Crystal and yeah. Labyrinth that were yeah. marketed yeah. as kids' films. Yeah. LSD. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I remember yeah, yeah. seeing those in the theater and, yeah. you know, enjoying the heck out of it and not really realizing some of the things I was seeing were probably not appropriate for my right. age group. Absolutely. Not appropriate. Although yeah. they were at the time. You at know, time. I guess yep. that has shifted as to what we consider appropriate for yeah. an age group. That's but, true. you know, I, I mean, did 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 Hollywood really understand what a kids movie was supposed to look like? Like that's my thought. Hmm. So like Kidco, which is <laughs> also one of my favorite. Have you ever seen Kidco? I have not seen Kidco. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, we maybe we need to yeah. figure out a lot how. A lot of get... people have never even heard of Kidco okay. to the yeah. point where Joel had to every time we would go to a thrift store. There are certain things you can always find at a thrift store. Mm-hmm. If you go and you look in the VHS section, liar, you are liar. 100% guaranteed to find yeah. a copy of Liar Liar. Yeah. It is always there. But Kidco, we could huh. not find anywhere. She yeah. had to find one of the bootleg DVDs ripped from no, a VHS. No, no, I think now they actually make it. Oh, do they? Okay. Or they did for a little while. Yeah. Anyway, so, but there are certain movies that are very kid-based and like the Goonies. I mean, there is some overarchingness in it. Yep. But truthfully, I think that is a kid's movie. Yeah, we, my parents, that was our, that was our family movie was The Goonies. Like I made my parents rent that for me almost every weekend. And uh, my nephew, um, who I think we started showing him when he was 10, he loved it and he still connected with it. And yes, there's like a weird amount of swearing in that movie. Mm -hmm. A little bit. Almost seems like added in almost. Yeah. It's like extra. Aside from that bondage part. Yeah. (laughs) At the very beginning with Feldman. Yeah. There's some weird stuff going on in that movie. (laughs) But it's just like, it's, and I mean- you know, we're grandparents and uncle were kind of like, yeah, like he's not saying this stuff on the, on the, you know, in school. He knows it, but it still connects. And I feel like that is a quintessential kid movie. Like there's kids yeah. going on an adventure. You don't see that stuff. Exactly. You know? Yeah. I don't think Lost Boys was a kid's movie. 
It was more no. of a teen movie. PG, yeah. PG through 13, like 13, 14, 15, 16. I mean, but then they're talking about runaways and vampires. Like, do we really want them getting ideas? I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know, and then you have to look at, you know, Han shot first. Is that for kids? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Not to bring up a whole sore point, but oh, I feel man. like that was part of the change later was, yeah. do we really want this character portrayed as someone who would shoot first? Right. Shouldn't he be doing this in yes. self-defense? And I feel like can his I entire character arc. Pretty but much. Anyway. Yes. Can but I, I ask you a question, though? Like, yeah. are Ewoks really kid-friendly? I well, just remember a ton of stuffed Ewoks growing up. <laughs> like, so many Ewoks. That I don't really feel like they are the most friendliest character. Or, like, is Chewie really kid-friendly? I don't know. I would say Chewie's more kid-friendly than Agreed. Ewoks. Ewoks are, are, I would call them cannibals, but they're not eating each other. They're eat humans. Like I know. There's scenes where you just see they have Stormtrooper helmets that mm-hmm. they're playing. And I actually was last night... <laughs> Last night I was watching stuff on Disney Plus, and I'm like, the Forces <laughs> of Destiny, which are these short cartoons, which are all female characters, and they're like two, three minute shorts. Yes. They're really fun. And I was watching through them, and there's a short with Han and Chewie watching the Ewoks preparing s- stormtroopers for eating, and Leia comes in like, we can't let them do this. Like, we have to go get them food. But like, like this that is on to me Disney. Is, this, this is, is what Disney I'm Plus. seeing, though. Like, this is not appropriate. Kids. Cannibalism, not. Freaking appropriate! <laughs> you don't let them watch yes. Silence of the Lambs. You and don't let them watch yeah. Ewoks. And they've now made the Ewoks blink, which is what terrifying. The newest Blu-ray edition, they they digitally make them blink, and it makes them even scarier. Yeah, check it out. YouTube it. Ewoks like Gremlins, well, not kid friendly. You know, I understood why some things were sure. added into the special yeah. editions, and they made sense. Like to yep. me. Uh, what they did in Cloud City by adding Perfect. windows, yep. I be- I almost didn't notice it at first, and then I yeah. realized, oh, it's it's amazing because it fits in beautifully yep. and it enhances the scene. I don't know if blinking Ewoks was ever necessary. No, no, no. no. It's I, if you look at like Empire to me is the perfect movie in terms of what they did with the special editions. It all mm-hmm. was just adding and cleaning things up, yes. and then they made some interesting changes in A New Hope, which like. The Han shot first. We we already talked a bit about that. And there's some other ones that are a little weird, but I'm like, I can kind of get behind it. Right. I, I don't actually hate the Han and uh, Jabba scene that everyone hates for some reason. Mm-hmm. That really bothers people. I'm okay with it. Those of us who had only seen that in books yeah. with the picture yep. and been told that there was this cut scene were very excited to actually see that scene yeah. make it to the screen, even so. if Jabba was a j- little jello moldy <laughs> yeah. a little early cg yeah we were able to forgive that yeah. because we had just wanted to see that scene so desperately yeah so i mean is it because you guys are purists while you're having this issue because oh okay i'm Wait. gonna play devil's advocate here and this is this is this is probably where i'm best suited quite honestly in this entire podcast um is it more that you're a purist or is it really they're doing this for future generations and the future generations are going to be okay with it? Is it, you know, is it because this is the way it's always been in your head or something that you've always anticipated and that's why you love it? Or mm. is it because truly blinking Ewoks are like a deal breaker? I, you know, what's funny is I, I think you're right. I think if, if it was always that way, and also if the CGI looked better, it just does Fair. not look great. Fair point. I, yeah, blinking, making something blink that probably should blink is not going to drive me nuts. And yes, I've gotten over my Hayden Christensen, <laughs> it, you know, appearing as a force ghost because yes, you know, that connects canon and everything, fine. But then you add like the scene in Jabba's palace with the new 
musical number. Oh, the new musical the, number is not Where okay. Blues Traveler seems to have suddenly arrived right. in Jabba's Palace. Like, to me, that's Lop, a deal breaker. Loppy okay, Neck fair. is yeah. the only yes. Jabba's Palace song that will ever be. Agreed. So Agreed. who do you think didn't say no? Or who, who said yes? Who said yes? Who said yes to that? Lucas, because that was the only person who needed to say yes oh, at that point. Yeah. I mean, that's a tough part. Yeah. I mean, because who really tells him no? At that point, there was no one. There literally right. was no one. There was just Rick McCallum next to him just saying, that's great, George. Do it. It's perfect. Yeah. And I, I do have to wonder, those who have grown up only on special editions, it brings up, you know, of course, the whole prequel question. If that was yep. your entry point, you are going to have a special attachment to those things. Yep. And you might not quite understand, even if you were to see the pre even though they seem to have tried really hard not to allow the pre-special editions to get out there in any current yeah. format. I still have my VHSs tucked away somewhere in a nice black box. Yep. But um, if you even saw those afterwards later on, you might not even understand what the big deal is if you saw them as a kid first in the special edition format. Yep. Why is it a big deal that we have sort of the Dick Clark's New Year's Eve uh, end of the Empire Ball at the end of right. <laughs> Jedi, which to me was seemed insane. But yeah. if you saw that first, you'd be like, "Why isn't that there?" Although you know you had to get rid of the great Ewok song, I which know. is also a travesty in my eyes. Yeah. But so I guess it's a who saw what first. Yeah, what, what, what you formed a bond and an attachment to, much as we yeah. are, we're talking about with with UHF. Which, I mean, it's kind of amazing when you consider Star Wars, the fact that it's been around so long, there are generational differences. And, you know, we're positively, positivity-focused Star Wars, so I'm always of the mind of, like, whatever you love is cool. Like, whatever yes. Star Wars is your Star Wars, that's awesome. Again, as long as you don't, you know, I'm not going to tell you what to love. Don't tell me what not to love. Like, that's the big thing. Is, is oh, yeah, saying, no, is for like, sure. You love the prequels, great. I have a... I have a complicated relationship with, with the prequels. I have no relationship with the prequels. I'm yeah. admitting it here she right now. She has never seen the prequels. Well, because, <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> this is just really challenging in and of itself because I'm admitting this and I'm very well aware of who your fan base and audience is. We have a very welcoming and loving fan base. Okay, yeah. well, I'm letting Until you know you I, I, haven't, I haven't seen them um, mm -hmm. only because sometimes when I ask people, they say prequels, not so much. Like if you have which people, <clears throat> I mean, it's mostly Gen mm, Xers. Most. Let's be real. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's like Gen Xers. They're like, Hey, not so important. You saw the really good stuff. Don't worry about it. And so I've gone on my merry way. Now I did see the original three. Yeah. I still call them the original three. Fair enough. Um, I don't like four, five, six, whatever. It's still no, we, one, two, we three. We always refer to them as the original trilogy. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. I feel like that's, that's what it is. Yeah. Okay. So the original three, I actually saw not, not only in English, but I did a, I did a big <laughs> boo, boo, boo. And I like, I bought the VHSs cause I wanted to rewatch them. I think when in my twenties, but I bought them in Spanish. Oh, wow. So right. there were subtitles in English. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I've now seen, <laughs> so I might not have seen the prequels. But I have seen the original three in English yeah. and Spanish. I, it's the best way to learn Spanish. <laughs> I really want to see Jabba in Spanish. It's I, I'm kind dying of an, it's to, to kind find of amazing. I, I have to like dig that out somewhere. I'm pretty <laughs> sure I still have them, but awesome. like the Spanish like sticker, I, it was on the back or something. Mm -hmm. Like everything else was still in English. Right, so you had no idea. So I had no idea. <laughs> and by the time you open it, you yeah. know it's like back in the days when you open it, you that's it, we're done. Yeah. So I just watch it in Spanish. I mean, I can't imagine, and I'm just gonna say, this, I can't imagine you would sit down and watch a prequel movie and go, "Yeah, it was great. I loved it." <laughs> Oh, I honestly see, can't imagine that happening because you're not a kid, like right? Like, and and I and I and I think it's it's, it's taken me twenty 
20 years to get to a place with the prequels that I'm okay with them. Right. Um, but like I'll, I've, I've added my wife there several times and I'll do this again. Wife, Carly's always been kind of my, my, um, you know, um, way to gauge things about Star Wars because she loves Star Wars, but she watches the movies and that's it. She doesn't read the comics. She doesn't do, she's like most of 95% of Star Wars fans right. just watch the movies. Um, we leading up to the force awakens we watched the original trilogy and then she's like i think i need to see the prequels again she didn't see them once okay. and we watched them and she's like that's great i'm never watching those movies again oh wow yeah and 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 i consider her a true star wars fan but she's just like nope can't see? do it and then i hear that and i'm like okay well so i don't need to waste like eight hours of my time no um what's another thing that's interesting and i think kind of um it connects back to to a little bit of what we were saying earlier is when I was watching the those movies with with Carly. It, it now thinking back to that, it kind of reminds me of, of something about your podcast, which is um, watching a movie you love with someone who's never seen it before, doesn't have a relationship, and I feel like you you become more objective, right? You start seeing it through their eyes, and that reminds me of UHF, right? Like because I mm-hmm. could see it objectively through your discussion, and then watching Top Gun, I could see it objectively through Carly's, but I remember watching the prequels with Carly, and that was the hardest watch I've had of the prequels ever. Because every time something was coming up that I knew was like probably mm-hmm. not gonna go great, I'd just be sitting there like, oh man, how's this gonna go? Not that she would just like yell or make a noise or do anything, but it's right. just like, I love these things I don't want this person not to enjoy it, even though I know she's not going to. Um, I, I would love to tell you that Perry has the same problem. He really doesn't. Only because <laughs> I'm so bluntly honest mm-hmm. about a lot of things. Oh, Carly, too. <laughs> that I, I feel like he, well, I think UHF was hard. Yeah. Um, but there are several ones that he has made me watch, and I, I don't <laughs> all over them. So, like, Electric Dreams. If I didn't like Electric Dreams and its premise, like, I always want, try to find some value in yes. it. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's really what's important. If you really love it or yeah. if you love something, I will find value in it because yeah. you find value in it yeah. and I value you, right? So, you know, ladies, if you're not watching Star Wars or gentlemen, if you're not watching Star Wars and your partner is into it and I'm not sure that you'll be listening to this podcast, but you should watch it. You should yeah. experience it. You're missing out on a part of your partner if you're yeah. not. So I think that's a really big thing and and take the positive away from it. Yeah. Whether or not it's like you're inspired by something yeah. or you um you know it makes them happy. It, I just think that there's a part of that conversation that sort of needs to be had um in a selfless way, you know. Yeah. Well, it's, it's also nice just sharing that yeah. with someone who loves them. like I you did a you you did an episode. Of, did you do an episode of Baby Boom? I can't remember. No, no, it's, it's on it? the list, but we haven't done it yet. Yeah. So that was one that we kind of happened. Like Carly grew up with Baby Boom. I had never even heard of it. It was not in my whatever. And we right. watched it because like we have this thing where I love horror movies. She hates horror movies. She loves romantic comedies. I'm fine with romantic comedies. There's not a genre of movies I hate. Like I, just, right. I love all. But I, it's probably the genre where I'm least familiar with. And I sat down and just knowing that she loved it, it was kind of fun watching it through her eyes and just being like, oh totally get why this movie connects with her yes and it's hilarious because she's from california and like she never connected she hadn't watched that movie since she was a kid she's like oh that's why i ended up in new england and that's why i want to move wow like like, her whole brain like just suddenly clicked of like this explains my entire wow (laughs) yeah diane keaton yeah yeah she's she's molded a lot of us in many ways but it is it's fun to see that reaction in your partner to have them have these realizations Mm -hmm. as well about a movie they haven't watched in a while yeah you like to watch me you like to watch me while i'm watching clue 
<laughs> well, that's because you are doing your own shadow cast <laughs> to the entire movie. <laughs> these are these are true statements. These are true that's statements hilarious. on the flight over here. Literally, everybody's sleeping, and I am I'm literally acting out almost every single part all by my lonesome. It is. I'm an only child. Fair <laughs> I'm an only child. It, it is the only movie she always has on any device: oh, phone, wow. iPad. It is always there because yep. it is her comfort, comfort movie. Yeah. And the the story, and we tell this in the podcast, but when we went to, when we met Tim Curry, mm-hmm. um, and he, you know, he's, he's had some health issues yeah. lately, and he's, he's, he's still has energy, but he's not who he used to be in terms mm-hmm. of his mobility and everything, but he saw her in the Mrs. White costume. She came mm-hmm. in, because everyone else was coming in in Rocky Horror and, yeah, and other things, and he saw that, and he just said, I love your veil. Uh-huh. And uh, and re- reacted to it, and she got you know misty and had to tell him, I can only fall asleep to Clue, and he kind of looked at her <laughs> like, wait, it bores you to sleep, and she had to then qualify, I it it's my comfort, and when I have insomnia, I put it on, and I since yeah. I know every line, it comforts me to the point where I can relax and yeah. go to sleep, and then he understood, well, but it's a great story. But yes, and it's yeah. still the truth that every time she watches it, she it, it relaxes her, calms her down, and it's great to have those those films in our lives, yes. the ones that we just want to put on, even if we're not going to really watch it, it's just on in the background and makes you feel better. It's true, it's very true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you think about, we've talked a bit about the original, we've talked a bit about prequels, thoughts about the sequel trilogies and any of the other, you know, Rogue One, Solo, anything like that? Um, okay, so Solo, I probably agree with, you know, 85% of America. Solo, so long, bye. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think bye. you made it even to the end, did you? I think, um, I think you fell asleep. I mean, I fall asleep on a lot of different things. You know, my schedule's a little hectic lately, but... It, you know, I could take it or leave it. Yeah. I'm like, if it's on in the background, whatevs. Okay, cool. No big deal. I didn't hate it. Yeah. All right, all right. That's fair. Um, it's weirdly my Dark Horse Star Wars movie as of late kind of coming up fast on my list. Really? Mm. It, it holds up for multiple watches that other ones don't, and I don't, can't explain why. That's fair. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not watching it multiply. That's anyway. fine. And I'm not telling know. you to. I'm not telling you not to love know. it. I'm just, but that's I'm, interesting. I have an interesting relationship with it, which I'm not quite he is. Out. Perry is now going to watch it about 10 freaking times in a row. <laughs> FYI. Because I believe. So thanks for that, Adam. Thank you <laughs> so much. Yeah. It. Maybe I'll put that as my iPhone movie for now. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, you know, there is something to be said for the multiple watch and starting yeah. to develop a relationship with a film you've seen a lot yeah. or that you are watching over and over because... One watch, especially in the new Star Wars films, yeah. because they're trying to appeal to so many different audiences True. at this point yep. that you sort of have to find your appeal yes, in them absolutely. because I feel like in none of them is there anything that everyone's going to like. Yep. And that goes for most movies, yep. but particularly with something like Star Wars, you really just have to find your place in it. And yeah. as you were saying earlier, it covers so many generations at this point. You go and you look at the toys and you're like, well, this is for my generation, but this is also for my generation's kids. Yep. And also for, you know, there's a whole range that it's for. And it is kind of the beauty of anything Star Wars too, is that, like you said, you can find mm-hmm. your place in it. And it's not even just about movies and toys. It's about the conversations it generates and the arguments it generates. And yeah. it makes you feel something, which yes. is a wonder 
unto itself sometimes in the modern world is yeah. actually a piece of media making you really feel. Yeah. I think it's what people are afraid of with new Star Wars movies is not feeling something yep. familiar. Yeah. And that's the hardest thing. But you thing don't have is- to feel something from familiar. You, you shouldn't. You shouldn't walk. I mean, here's the thing. Not you shouldn't because that sounds like I'm telling you what to do. I'm not telling you what to well, do. Well, that's familiar. But I, oh, hush. <laughs> you want to sleep in the bed tonight? <laughs> or are you sleeping on that little couch? Uh, little itty bitty couch where your feet won't feel. Okay, thank you. We're not, we're not at home. Um, so if you fit on that one. Um, so. But you don't have to. That's the that's the I mean the most amazing beauty I find in movies, right? Is that you can just go into it and just you just should leave the baggage. If you have no expectations, you won't be disappointed. Yeah. And I know that's a hard thing to say with something like this in particular. Get to the fans I'm in general. But sure. I think I think that's the thing, is that if you go ahead and you just say, I'm gonna go ahead and enjoy a movie and not and obviously you wanted to go ahead and connect to canon and all that. I, I get that. Yeah. I'm not saying to discard that out the window, but if you go into the movie saying it's a di- first of all, they're all different people producing this. So it's going to be different mm-hmm. in, in, in inevitably, like inherently it's going to be different. So if you just go into the mindset of, okay, it's not going to be like this one. It's not going to be like this one. It's going to be it's in its own and allow it to live and breathe like a child. Like it's like you have all these children. They came from generally the same two people or sometimes at least half of one person. And so you're just like, okay, I'm going to enjoy them all. It's just like children. And yes, you might have a favorite. I was going to say, no one ever you, wants to admit but it. But you, you should not admit <laughs> yeah, that you yes, have a favorite, sorry. right? And Speaking that, as the favorite, I know that's true. <laughs> I mean, I'm definitely the favorite. <laughs> yeah. I'm well, the only the, one, yeah. but I'm still <laughs> the favorite. For sure. It, it flip-flopped with my sister and I sometimes, I think. But, but I like how you didn't actually answer the question, Perry. Well, which question? The oh, my goodness. <laughs> so which one Which one of the last, last three held well, up for you? What I was going to say in what you were saying is that that is a hard— it makes sense, but it's really hard when you grew up identifying with a character, yeah. whether it was— Han or Luke or Leia or Chewbacca or just the person you felt did you did you identify with the character which character did you identify with I I just jacked your show sorry Adam no I'm enjoying it strangely C-3PO for some reason was was always my character (laughs) and R2 for I, I I think it was because when I was a kid my mother one day was looking at the figures and she 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 loved to go to the movies with me and we had seen the film and she said I really like the droids (laughs) <laughs> those are those are and I think yeah. because as a kid you often want yep. to please I was like yeah I like those too and as time went the on the droids made logical sense they yeah. made sense although 3PO was neurotic yeah. and I could identify and you are with, not yeah. neurotic yeah. Mm-hmm. so when you see those characters suddenly saying or doing something that you don't think they ever would have done it's very difficult yeah. to to switch your brain into that gear. And I understand where the conversation has been around Last Jedi where they say, kill the past, kill everything. And they kind of do that in the film as they're trying to explode the past to move forward, even though there's only one more movie left in (laughs) the saga, um, supposedly. We've we've heard this before. Allegedly. But um, it's, it's a difficult place to come from. And so that's that complicated relationship with the new films is that there are things to really enjoy in yeah. them. I know, but at this point, haven't you already known that? Like, listen, I understand the, 
okay, the first set of the prequels, you're like, okay, I'm anticipating this, mm. and I understand this. But we've been through this rodeo before as Gen Xers. Yeah, we, we learn our lesson. Exactly. Mm. Like, uh, are we not understanding from our past? And are you going to go ahead and hold on to everything so tightly that you can no longer see any remote type of progress? And that is the complicated relationship. Is that it is. So I have to say, though, that my my favorite of the new ones so far, I, I think the issue I had with the Still main saga films is that uh, I'm qualified. This is great. This is, is like <laughs> class. This is pure. You haven't seen what you're, you're getting a good glimpse into what this pretty much is like. It's it is a lot of fun. Joelle likes to pressure me for an answer now, <laughs> and I like to explain why I'm coming to my answer. Because people, and, time is money. <laughs> how long is a drive to work for people, right? Yeah. So um, I think what I liked was stepping outside of the saga. Mm-hmm. And to me, maybe it's because in my, as I have grown, as I have aged, I have liked things that are darker or grittier or, or connect to a certain reality. Yeah. And I think Rogue One, because it is mm-hmm. a gritty war movie, yeah. it has its problems. I'm not saying sure. it's perfect, but there was something about, for one, it filled in holes and I think did them pretty well yeah. as opposed to trying to make connections that weren't there and stretching just too far. I felt like it really did that well. And I also just liked the the harshness of it and the the cost. And I think that was, you know, when Harrison Ford always said he wanted Han to die at the end of Jedi, so there was some weight to it. I think the weight was in Rogue One because the characters that we, I felt I came to be somewhat close with throughout the course of this one movie, when you see them die in the end, it was a little traumatic. And you feel the loss and there was something about the convergence too of that final scene where we have the music, and mm-hmm. we have the the ships that we recognize, and all of these things happening that are going to fit right in. And then, of course, we have some of the best Darth Vadering we've ever seen. It's true. And yeah. the way it fits right into A New Hope. And for those of us who the first scene in the movies many of us remember ever seeing yeah. is the Tantive Four coming mm-hmm. across our screen, and then this massive Star Destroyer coming in to have that connect there is once again this emotional moment that yeah. is hard to explain if that isn't that because that is my first film memory yeah i am that old i saw uh, all three films uh, original in the theater right. and star wars I, I was i forget at 77 i was born in 73 so you know it, i was still young but sure. i remember seeing it and i remember the uh, plotting the attack on the Death Star had slowed down a little and I was getting bored and mm-hmm. so I asked my parents when does the war part begin <laughs> yeah <laughs> I really wanted to get to the Star War yes. so but yeah. yeah so when you have that kind of a connection I feel like that was what really did it in Rogue One for me was the yeah. way it it pulled those pieces together nicely and there are some other things I would have liked to have seen and of course there's all the stuff that was in the trailer that was stuff that was shot not even really to be in the film I've come to discover they just did all these cool like beauty shots and things that you know didn't didn't wind up in there but still I I have a deep appreciation for that one because it also deeply referenced things without shoving them in your face yes so if you saw them and got it cool if not no biggie yeah it's it's kind of a masterful film in that way that it's able to do that like i just remember watching that film the first time and i've talked about on every podcast is that i never know how i feel after i watch a star wars movie it takes a couple watchings but i remember that 
movie ending and me just sighing heavily. And that wasn't a bad thing, but because it's such that weight. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, because I watched that movie going, I love these characters, and me thinking my Star Wars brain going, well, you can't let them live. So I'm watching this whole movie just waiting for them all to die. Because, yeah. like, you just from canon, it'd be weird to be like, why do you have these heroes who aren't around anymore? Yeah. And so I, I just had this, like, rock in my gut for two hours. You know it's coming. Just waiting for it. And, and they do such a good job, but they're able to weave it in, like you said, in this masterful way. And even just reading The Crawl now for A New Hope, like, mm-hmm. just those opening lines are so much more meaningful about, like, they had their first victory at a great cost. And yeah. Like, yes, they did. Um, and it's also kind of connects to what you're saying with the with the Skywalker saga films like Last, Last Jedi, Force Awakens, they weren't saddled, I don't mean saddled necessarily in a negative way, but saddled with the with the original characters that you have to do something with, which is so hard, right? Mm-hmm. Like, exactly. You have to fill in 30 years, 35 years of Luke's backstory in yeah. a way that like explain like why is he not, why are we not just in a happy place? Why is right. he not? And it's just, you know it's not going to be a happy story. And I feel like, um, Joel, kind of what you're talking about, this idea of having kind of the new and the old combined like I think about the Force Awakens, what drew me in were all the references, mm-hmm. and I've now come to not particularly love the some of the references because they're a little ham-fisted. Right. As a way that, as you mentioned, they're not in Rogue One. I feel like, but the new stuff is what I get there. Like Ray to me is my new. Is like yeah. he, she might actually be my favorite Star Wars character of all time. Ditto. And and like that scene when she gets the lightsaber at the end of that movie is still like. To me, that is the moment, that is like a quintessential Star Wars moment mm-hmm. that I, it, when I felt that in the, in the theater, I'm like, this is a movie that made me feel like I'm sex, six again. Not sex. Six again. <laughs> like, I'm sex again. Well, you well know, very in German, in German you would sex. be six. You never forget your first That's time, true. whether it goes for Star Wars or sex. <laughs> Sorry. Tell me how you really Sorry. feel about Ray. Yeah, right? Yeah. I'm just well. saying, okay. <laughs> Freudian slip here. Well, you know, when she gets that saber, you yes. know, there's all kinds I of know. Oh, what are you doing with that saber? This is too Nani. Look, I was hanging out with your group last night. and <laughs> My group. Wow, this really sells a lot. Like my therapy group, my with, socialist group. your criminal group. justice group. And yeah. if you don't know about people in criminal justice, they have some of the most interesting wow. minds on the planet. Just blowing us up all over the place. Like we let you into the circle of trust and this is what you do. I you already know what I do to people who, who, who go ahead and break the bonds of the circle of I trust. I have named no names. I have told no tales. <laughs> cannot cannot out people like this <laughs> i feel like we just got an outing literally um all right do you have any hopes or wants as much as we talk about how dangerous those things can be mm-hmm. but like you know we're we're actually gonna look at my phone and see exactly how many days away we are because I, I have a it, countdown I'm it's like, like an election year isn't yeah. it but better wow. <laughs> yeah but better it's a star wars year we have uh i have uh, granted, we're on the West Coast. I don't know if it's changed, but we have 34 hours, 20 or 34 days, 22 hours, 42 minutes, and some odd seconds counting yes. down before Rise of Skywalker. Uh, not that I'm obsessed, but do you have any kind of what do you hope to see? What do you want to see? What would make you happy? Perry, I mean, <laughs> quite honestly. So here's the thing. I like how you asked me, and then I, I know because because I'm I'm just prefacing that. But yeah, I'm just, prefacing that. I'm just, learning by watching you, Barry. Yeah, yeah. That um, I need to go ahead and preface Ouch. things. So I, I'm I'm backtracking to preface. Um, I'm gonna really. It's really more about what he wants. Sure. Because I go into it and I actually enjoy them more mm-hmm. now. Just saying, all right, I'm just gonna go ahead and take it for whatever it is, yep. and. That's very easy for me to do. Yeah, I understand that's not easy for everyone to do, but it's it's going to be entertaining and fun, yeah. no matter what. Like it really is. It is. Yeah. It's. I mean, it could suck, but it's okay. We, I mean, sure. well, it's not okay. 
people are going to die. I mean, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> Probably. But, I mean, that's the realist in me. Sorry. People are going to die. Um, things are going to end up a little bit messy. You're going to want, I think, not even what I hope. I th- or it's, This is not what I hope. Sorry. Wow. Yeah, yeah. But I think realistically, I think people are going to walk out and be like, there's still going to be unanswered questions, which I think yeah. is going to drive everyone nuts. I mean, it is a J.J. Abrams joint. so It's, right. it's going to drive yeah. everyone crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't expect everyone's going to be happy because of that. I think people want to wrap it up in a bow, and I don't. I just don't think you can. No. In sci-fi, can you really wrap it up in a bow? Or anything this huge? Yeah. Especially with a franchise that's going to keep going in some Mm -hmm. manner. Exactly. They they, they have seven movies slotted and so many theories. Like. Yes. Yeah. So maybe some of those unanswered questions will be hinted at in the the many forms of media to come. Yeah. But what do you hope for, Perry, now we can get back to you? Well, you know, since we now have the technology available, I'm looking for Art Carney, B. Arthur, oh. you know, the whole, the whole cast of the Star you. Wars Holiday Special <laughs> to make an appearance. And really for, for B. Arthur yeah. to oh, yeah. do the... B. Arthur? Really? To, Golden Girls? Oh, oh yeah, yes. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah, oh, yes. The bartender, Akmina. Yes, who sings a closing... She runs the most Eisley Cantina... And she runs a closing song because the Empire has shut down the galaxy for the evening. I mean, can somebody do a mashup? Is there a mashup out there of Star Wars and the Golden Girls? I feel like that is a mashup that we need. I think that's the new golden rule on the internet. If if there's a a mashup, it's with the Golden Girls? Or with Star Wars? Or Golden Girls, yeah. Yeah, although it's venturing into dark territory when you get into the uh, the holiday special. Yeah. You know, you've got a a blitzed-out Carrie Fisher. You've got a doing the Life Day song. You've got... Like I said, Art Carney, B. Arthur, what's his name, Harvey Corman. Yep. And they're do- it's like a '70s variety show. Yeah. Oh no! It's like a Carol Burnett show kind of thing. It is. It is, it is not Star Wars as anyone knows it. Although, no. a- again, the great thing about Star Wars is you can pick and choose the yeah. parts you like because that's considered canon, isn't it? That like Lumpy is Chewbacca's Sir, father. A lot of it's been canonized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. it's, it's a lot of it's been brought in. Lumpy is there. Um, itchy. I feel like, itchy, why don't you yeah. show me that? That's messed up. Well, because that is not a good place to really reintroduce Star Wars to anyone. No, <laughs> but it's worth a watch just for cult- cultural reference. Like, I, I saw it on a videotape. I saw it on television yeah. when it came out. Wow. And then I had not seen it until the late 90s on a bootleg VHS yeah. that, yeah. you know, George Lucas and his hammer had not gotten to yet. Yep. And I remember laughing to the point of crying, but I was also crying because it's so unintentionally funny in the parts that are not meant to be funny and the parts that are meant to be funny are not, but also because someone had reached into my childhood and squeezed, and this was before the prequels. It actually makes the prequels look much better. It's true. If you don't like them that much, watch the special and it will help you out. But... um, but yeah, that uh, that is a, a, a dark period of uh, yeah. Star Wars history. It's up on YouTube, and if you can watch it, I always recommend watching it with the commercials. You can either watch it with yes. or without, and just watching it of this like this this in situate like of the moment like yeah, watching time capsule. It's fascinating. One thing we did a we did a commentary track on it yes. last Thanksgiving for Life Day. It's amazing. Yeah, and uh, it's one thing that I found out watching this person because neither of my co-hosts had ever seen it, and to me it was it was. A tradition when I had like when we had like our Thanksgiving or or Christmas parties, 
that would always be playing in the background. On so mute, you said you haven't seen always, what, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And uh, the, there's a cartoon which introduces Boba Fett, and the one thing that I really mm-hmm. noticed this time is that the way they drew Han Solo looks so much like Adam Driver that part of me wonders if they were watching that when they cast Adam Driver as he his son. It really does now come it's to think weird. of it. It's weird. Right. It's really weird. Yeah. You're right, because they drew him in sort of the 70s, like heavy metal yeah. magazine it looks like, I've always said Han Solo looks like he should be driving a van with a picture yes. of the Millennium Falcon airbrushed <laughs> on the side of totally. it, but it, he looks like that. That whole cartoon looks of its era, but of course there's the amazing connection now with the Mandalorian and his gun, yep. which is the gun I remember yes. from that cartoon that yep. he's swinging around, and yeah, yeah it's, it's a beautiful reconnect. Yeah. Over my head. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fine. I, yeah, I actually made my own DVD of the holiday special oh, nice. in the early 2000s when yeah. that technology became available because the, the, the VHS I had was starting to degrade badly. Yeah. Yeah. But So I've evaded the question entirely here of the, uh, of the new Every one. Every freaking time. <laughs> I think Are you capable of answering a question directly? Of course not. Uh, I mean, you would really <laughs> make a really good witness. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Eyewitness testimony, it's always problematic, isn't it? It is always problematic. Well, as, as an eyewitness to, uh, to Star Wars film history, I would say that I find it hard to believe that we can wrap up the whole thing in one movie. When I heard it was the last, I was like, how is that possible? Yeah. It's like a lot of TV shows these days that have a great four seasons, and then they get to the last like three episodes, and you're like, we haven't started wrapping things up here. How are we going to do this? Yeah. And I, I, I'm getting, I'm nervous about that. Yeah. Is that I don't want to see things rushed. No, they're not going to wrap it up. Like, that's the point. But they're going to try, but I don't think that all your loose ends are going to still be loose ends. Yeah. I, I just don't want to see rushing the elimination of some characters. Like, you know, this last trailer gives you bad feelings about C-3PO's uh, future, <laughs> if he has one. Yeah. And... I, I don't want to see that rushed into yeah. just a, a quick moment or something that doesn't have the full impact. Yeah. I feel like if we knew, maybe they didn't know going into this recent uh, trilogy that they were going to do it this way. I feel like they could have started, and they kind of did with with Han Solo being taken out in the first one. Spoilers yeah. for anyone who hasn't seen it yet. <laughs> well, if you're this far into our podcast. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. if they're listening to this podcast, yeah. I, I hope... But that's my only concern. I have a lot of hope in seeing, you know, old school uh, Star Destroyers, yeah. seeing things breaking out of, uh, whether it's on a lake or in space. Yep. I know you all had this <laughs> question recently. Yeah. Seeing we made sh- our hour-long breakdown of a two-minute trailer. Yeah. <laughs> it was wonderful. And <laughs> Thank you. seeing ships coming out of the ice and yeah. seeing the, the collection of all the, the ragtag fleet to, to steal from Battlestar Galactica mm-hmm. of all the ships, yeah. you know, as the Falcon swings in. Yeah. There are lots of moments in that trailer that make sure. me very excited. Yep. And you all have discussed this a lot, too, is the connection between Ray and Ren. Yep. And I really am, I hope they do some of the things you all have discussed. Because yeah. you've had some great theories as to their connection to each other. Mm-hmm. And I would really love to see those play out, yeah. even if it's just in a couple hours I really want some surprises. Yeah. I don't want to be able to guess the end too soon. And yeah. with the Emperor coming in and all, like, what is the Emperor? Is it the Emperor? Is it a clone? Yep. Was it a clone that was killed? You know, right. what, what happened? Yeah. And, of course, there's, you know, 
couple decades of source material they can draw from books and comics and yep. things. So I'm very curious and very excited. But of course, there's always the nervousness of seeing a character you always loved yeah. be just sort of knocked off to make way for something else too quickly. Yep. And so, yeah, yeah. I, I have trepidation, but I'm, I'm excited and I'm yeah, looking forward to it. That's pretty much where I'm at, too. And I, and yeah. I think, you know... I was going to say, not to get into a Last Jedi discussion, but I always to say that when Grant's around, but Grant's not here, so we can talk about it. We always get into it. He's going to hear this. Yeah. But Grant Grant, Grant really, really likes Last Jedi. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I think that's my connection with that is that it did, and, and not necessarily to its own benefit at times, but every time I thought I knew where that film was going, it went mm-hmm. somewhere different. Yes. And I really appreciate about that because that's kind of the thing is, like, I want to be surprised. Like, the last thing yeah. I want to do is, like, so Force Awakens, which I love, the last third of that movie to me, I remember sitting in the theater going, are we really doing this again? And like, yeah. like I'm like, okay, so they're going to blow up the Death Star. Okay. And the second Han was there, I'm like, oh, well he's dead. Like, <laughs> like the second he walked out on that, on that, on that, yeah, I'm like, well, that's, that's it. Like I didn't even, it, his death affected me not at all because I so saw it coming. Second time it really wrecked me. But like Luke's death in, or one with the force or whatever in last yeah. year, I really, I cried actively in the theater because the way they did it, and I thought he probably would make it out of the film alive, but the way they right. did it was such a nice surprise in a way. Yeah. Some of the other surprises were a little forced or whatever, and so I hope they do the same thing. I hope there's they're kind of a melding of those two things. I think J.J. could do, right? Still have some surprises, but, but you know, ones that work organically. And I think really that blending is, is yeah. the, the term there is – I, I love a lot of what Abrams does. Yep. He's he's a he's a really watchable filmmaker. Like mm-hmm. everything he does, whether it's television or film, is very watchable. Even if you don't love it, yeah. there's always something about it that's that's a little bit magical. He's got that yes. sort of Spielbergian Absolutely. a way about him, which is why like Super Eight is yeah. so Spielberg. Yes, you know that they really have connected in that movie. Yeah. but. He always has a way of doing that, but he's not always surprising. He's a, he can be sure. a little predictable. Yep. And again, when you're driving something like Star Trek or Star Wars, those are things people need to see certain things. And yeah. you're walking a really fine line Ooh, in trying tough. to be original yeah. and something new, which is, I thought the rebooted, not rebooted, pardon me, the alternate timeline yeah. uh, Star Trek actually worked for that reason because yeah. he sort of made it a separate thing. And it was not always as predictable. It was very yep. interesting, some of the crazy things they did in that. Mm-hmm. And I could enjoy it for that reason. And I feel like if some of, um, because it's it's Johnson, right? Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson, yep. yeah. It's, his work, if you've looked at like the Fly episode of yeah. Breaking Bad, yeah. it is a stand-apart episode. Yep. It is very different. And Brick, yeah. you know, his, his yep. fantastic film, they're so unusual and different and surprising in a yeah. wonderful way, but I don't know if you unleash that unconnected on Star Wars. Had yeah. JJ and him worked together, yeah. I feel like the product could have been something everyone would have really loved. Yeah, I think maybe it was because they were trying the hey we're, we're going to get like a Taika Waititi kind of thing going here with uh, with like Ragnarok maybe right. you know and do something unusual. Did Ragnarok come out before or after? I'm trying. I think it was after, wasn't it? But oh, that's a good question. Sort of that we're getting these unusual, different thinking directors and putting them into something familiar and letting them go a little different direction. And sometimes the results are perfect. Like Ragnarok really worked and made Thor much more interesting. Sure. But I I think that was the issue a lot of people had with Last Jedi is that it was just too different. Yeah. And it, it... it needed to be a blending of the two. If you wanted to move forward, you needed to do it less jarringly. Yeah. And I think that that was, 
that was the issue there. I don't know. I mean, I mean, the last. Do we really need jarring at this point, or do we just need to be comforted? Well, and that is a huge yeah. question in our in our culture in general. Yeah. Is what are I mean, we looking would you for? Feel, would you feel happy if it was just, you know, okay, not a ton of surprises, but you know, they did a pretty decent job trying to figure out these storylines and connect it in a meaningful way. Like, you know, it's not the perfect wedding dress. It's, <laughs> you're you're putting your yeah. one wedding dress we for are a Star lot Wars of brides. bridezillas here. You yeah. are bridezillas. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the, I mean, the reality is like you're asking a lot of one. Thing yeah. to be yeah. and sometimes it cannot be the perfect wedding dress for no. everybody yeah i mean I'll, I'll say last jedi last time we did our rankings it was number two for me of all mm-hmm. all star wars movies it's my second favorite and it is up there it's second and third for a lot of those reasons and and you know it's funny when grant talks about some of the stuff that he bumps up against i'm like i totally objectively understand what you're saying like from a film criticism point makes sense love it like it's just yeah. like because yeah. i want it like i think after watching the it's funny because force awakens keeps dropping for me, I mean, it's never going to drop too far. It's still mm-hmm. a great movie, but but for that, like it, like it needs to do. It did exactly what it needed to do, which was like comfort people, remind people what Star Wars is. I think right. Ryan did, did the next thing of like, now that you're comfortable, I'm going to make you completely uncomfortable, <laughs> which is interesting to see. Like now, because now JJ is coming back, is it going to be like, okay, now we can kind of just like, we've we've done the old thing, we've done something completely new. Now we can just do something that is like just going to pull everything, you know, towards the end. It'd be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No. yeah oh, it sounds very uh, what you call it, anticipatory. I'm hopeful but trepidatious. Like I, 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 last Jedi taught me not to anticipate in a way that I love. That I, 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 we do all this stuff on the podcast where we hypothesize and theorize and talk about what might happen, but I put zero weight behind any of that stuff that I say on that pod- on the podcast. Where I'm just like, I trust that it's going to be fun. I'm just going to try to sit back and enjoy it, but. It's hard to disconnect from it, it truly, it's especially so when you have a whole podcast about it. <laughs> I know. It's weird. I was a little worried that it was going to have doing this, and we've done it now for over a year. Right. Weekly was going to ruin my relationship with Star Wars, and it really hasn't. It's actually strengthened it. Like, I was afraid I'd become burnt out, but I was literally, mm-hmm. before I came down down here to interview, I was sitting in my bed reading the new Star Wars novel, completely enjoying it. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and that's I think the the beauty of having a podcast about a topic, whether it's specifically about Star Wars or about film, is that you get a deeper love of those things. Yeah. Sometimes, even though my UHF trauma, <laughs> I, I still have found that in researching a lot of the films that we have have watched, whether they're ones I had seen or not, I discover all of these really really interesting things about yeah. the making of it and about yeah. um, the meanings behind things and what the filmmakers intended versus how people interpreted and just it really brings it back to why we love yeah, these these absolutely. things these pieces of media that you know really connect to our our hearts and to our lives and help to shape our lives and shape our as you were saying about your wife shape our, yeah. our the whole course of our lives sometimes yes. shape what we want to be yeah. what we want to do where we want to live and that's when it becomes a really fascinating thing is when our reality and our our favorite fiction really do overlap that way. Sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse. But um, it's it's truly what's amazing about it, and and about something again as huge as Star Wars to the point where, you know, I can't imagine generations from now they're not still making some type of new Star Wars yeah. media, television yeah. or films or whatever type yeah. of media exists at the time. I see it as something that's going to live for a very long time. I think so too. Yeah. 
which just made me realize I'll be doing this until I die. <laughs> <laughs> Job security. It's true. <laughs> That's okay. He'll be making me do our podcast That's until true. I There's die. Always movies. He's like not even seen. giving me a break for my dissertation. Yeah. <laughs> all right. How are y'all feeling? You want to do a quick round of hyperspeed hot takes? Ooh, Heck yeah. yeah. All right. So yeah. we like to do this when we do interviews. It's kind of a quick, um, you know, just good this or that or favorite this, favorite that. Whatever pops in your head, quickest answer, you know. Quickest answer, quickest Perry. Answer. Quickest uh, answer. Well, quick five minutes. Um, yeah. Quickest answer. So we always like to say, you know, they most likely don't reflect kind of what you decide, what you feel. It's just kind of like the moment. And this is what we talk about a lot when we do our list. It's like, what is our list today? It's mm-hmm. not our list in, you know, in concrete. So whatever you're feeling. Can you even do this? Whatever you're feeling, I, I, are you going like to be able test. to do this? This is for um, posterity. People are you will be, be hearing able to this, this after I die. It's just I mean, the moment. Yeah. Be in the moment. Yes, in the be moment. present. Okay. Yes. See, now okay. that you've qualified that, that this yep. is just you in the can, moment, I may feel different tomorrow that I'm okay with it. Okay, good. Uh, and always, you can always say skip if you're just not feeling it, or if you can't make your decision. And, and no, you I, make your decision. I, I hesitate to say this with Perry, but we always <laughs> like to say, feel free to give a quick reason. <laughs> Emphasis on no, the no, 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 no reason, no skipping, no passing. Do not pass go. Do not collect two hundred dollars. That's a cop out. All right, can, you can do this. If I can get it in nickels, I'll take the two hundred. All right. So here we go. Question number one: X wing or Tie fighter? Tie fighter. All right. X wing. Ooh, I like it. <laughs> you did that on purpose. I did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Jedi or Sith? Jedi. Jedi. All right. Nice. Um, favorite color lightsaber? Green. Oh. Sucker. That's exactly what I was going to say. Is now, this is like a great marriage. Test. Now, I was like, say, now I have to go with Mace Windu purple because yeah. I can't. No, I, I, green was always my favorite. Again, yeah. Jedi was the movie yep. that I was... I was at that point in my life where I, I was just old enough to really connect to Jedi and that green saber yeah, I, I needed, wanted, yeah. must have yeah. saber, yes. Uh, all right, who would you want to teach you the ways of the Force? Yoda. Sorry, look at how, see, yeah. I, quick. Yeah. <laughs> I've always been curious to know more about Qui-Gon. Yeah. I have to admit, he. Yeah. I felt like there was something going on with him that we never got to know about, yeah. especially when they made the... Uh, um, El Camino kind of connection and reference. Oh, no, mm-hmm. it was someone else. There was something going on I always felt like yeah. with him that we never found out about, and I, I really wanted to know more. So I feel like he would have yeah. been an interesting yeah. uh, um, teacher. Yeah. Can I qualify mine now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I liked Yoda because he was a man of very few words. <laughs> You're well, welcome. I'm here all week. Then you should have married Yoda because you definitely married someone verbose. So. I married yeah. somebody older, that's for sure. <laughs> oh. You're so welcome. <laughs> Qui-Gon's an interesting choice. We like that guy a lot. He's kind of like the rebel mm-hmm. Jedi master. And there's been, it's interesting because he hasn't really been touched in any of the other films. Yeah. And in the extended universe stuff, it's really interesting. They did a really good book called Master and Apprentice um, mm-hmm. by uh, Claudia Gray that came out last year. That's a little bit about his and Obi-Wan's relationship. And okay. it's, a, it's, it's, if you like reading yeah. stuff, it's a good read because you get a little more of him. And I think he is just so fascinating. I think they did a good job. Like to me, that's, that's the, the height of, of of um, Lucas writing the prequels was his writing for Obi Wan. I yeah. mean for uh, Qui Gon. And I, I liked their relationship in it. I actually yes. that was the part of the film that I really appreciated was the way they connected those yeah. two. Nice. All right. Uh, all right. So if you had all the films laid out in front of you right now, which one would you watch? <laughs> that is the toughest question. Sorry. That's all right. That is the correct response. <laughs> I, I'm I'm always going to go for Empire. I mean, yeah. I know it's it's you a pretty standard choice, but yeah. it's really the one that 
I can watch every time and be perfectly happy, you know, t- uh, mm-hmm. t- t- time inconsistency be damned. I, I enjoy it every, every time. I'd agree with you. All right. Yeah, you can't yeah. go wrong. Yeah. The, the asteroid sequence alone, oh, yeah. I could watch and listen to the music, the music. Yeah. from that one sequence by itself, and I would be perfectly happy. I also have a weird connection because I played a lot of Star Wars video games on Super Nintendo when I was oh, a kid. Yes. I love those. Anytime yeah. there was any space battle or anything else, it was always the music from the asteroid chase, so I have, this, <laughs> I have a very close relationship to that. In my opinion, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of great music in Star Wars, but that is the one yeah. that always resonates in my mind yeah. that... I will think of each time I'm thinking of Star Wars yeah. music, other than, of course, the opening crawl, yeah. is that sequence. And if you've never heard it, I don't know if you know of the artist Miko, mm-hmm. but the you know he did the Star Wars disco, <laughs> but when he did Empire Strikes Back, he did yeah. more of a rock version. Yeah. And the rock version of yeah. the asteroid sequence is extraordinary. <laughs> That's a shout-out in another podcast while I'm on a podcast. <laughs> but um, there's a podcast called Bizarre Albums by uh, Tony Faxton. Yeah. Um, really? Yeah, I'm and it's totally a great... It's a great podcast. It's it's weekly. They're like 15, 20 minutes long, and he talks mm-hmm. about these bizarre, he calls them bizarre albums, and it's from a loving place and just looking at the history, and literally just this week he did the Miko Star Wars yes. album in celebration of the Mandalorian coming out, but it's it's totally worth listening to, um, and they're really fun episodes, but uh, he, he has a connection to Star Wars, so it's just like that Miko thing, and then... Uh, when when Ben was on a trip to Mexico a couple months ago, he found a Mexican version of that album. Whoa. And so we always he always he's a he's a you know audio guy, so he always puts a record on before, and he's just constantly more before he always has that on. It's always the B side, awesome. which is always just the not Star Wars themes, but just the galactic funk, which are like <laughs> yes. funk inspired, and we just love it. it's just in the background all the time while we're chatting it's, what we're gonna do. I love Miko, yeah. but the the Star yeah. Wars stuff, yeah, it's, it's so good. The uh, the cool thing on the ten inch of that uh, of that album mm-hmm. is that the I think it's the asteroid theme doesn't end. The end of the record mm. goes into a loop, and so there's a drum roll yeah. that just goes until you turn off the record player. <laughs> That's so cool. So yeah, it's awesome. Check it out. Um, all right, so this is gonna this might um this is a question because we're trying to settle a debate that we constantly have. Um, mm-hmm. In your eyes, who is the best pilot to ever grace the galaxy? <laughs> Well, that the fascinating question about that is is you know my brain wants to then separate into are we talking those who who have no who no, are no, no, no 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 <laughs> no strong in the force no. or you know like was wedge initial initial, strong initial in reaction the force? I don't go know. So, initial reaction go you can do this. Come on. I think we broke him. I <laughs> know. Oh, His brain's exploding. Like, you see it's it. Tough. It's He's tough. like, it's tough. hand, uh, hand. I mean, head in hand. Pensive look. Again, remember, no wrong answers. It's not about wrong answers. He's pro- trying to process each one individually mm-hmm. and separate it out as, like, pro- mini pro-con lists. <laughs> this is, like, why we can't, like, ever decide where the hell to eat. I'm going to... Uh, if I go with one, can I then give another explanation for You can the take mine too. You can sure. go ahead and okay. take two. <laughs> take mine if that makes it easier for you. Okay. I'm going to okay. say I was I have always appreciated Wedge Antilles yeah. for his technical preciseness. Yeah. I've always felt like he was a very by the book pilot and that he was excellent at mm-hmm. that and he survives through the 
you know, the whole original trilogy, I was really hoping for some wedge connection in the new films. Do you but, uh, want me to spoil anything for you? Currently? Sure. So I'll take spoilers. With the book I was reading, literally had a chapter with Wedge Antilles because yes. it takes place right after Last Jedi. They're going to pull together all the people that they could find, mm-hmm. and it's been confirmed you are going to get some wedge action awesome. in Rise of Skywalker. I am so happy. That yeah. is fantastic. <laughs> yes. I'm going to yeah. give you my second. I gave you mine, I'm, so go ahead. I would say, though, that Technical pilots don't always get their due because they're excellent at what they do. Yep. They do an amazing job, but they're not fancy. Yep. And they don't always do things that are going to impress everyone yep. else. And I think the most intuitive great pilot was Han. Yeah. Because I think he could do... I'm so th- glad you picked the one that I was going to pick. <laughs> I see it all worked out. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I think... He may not have been technically proficient. He could do everything he needed to do, but he just knew exactly what had to happen at any given moment, which yeah. way he needed to turn, where he needed to go. Sort of like Maverick and Top Gun. Yeah. Yeah. He I was, was thinking about Maverick that. Maverick and Iceman. About that. It's, it's true. It's, um, we always get into the debate about that. And I think the way we settle it, because you talked about the, the Force sensitive or not, and mm-hmm. Grant's come up with the idea of like, um, people who are fortunate in the Force, meaning that like the Force <laughs> is surrounding them, but they're not Jedi's. Like Han like that. is has something going on with yeah. them. Yeah, and we get into a dis- we get into a large debate occasionally about Poe Dameron being on that list, mm-hmm. um, yeah. which yeah. like it, I think it might be also just kind of connected to newer media <laughs> and the mm-hmm. way you can storytell. But if you watch his moves, I'm like, I think he could just beat Han any day, even though that makes me sad. But I feel like I think part of that is just how you shoot movies today, that you have to make it more fast place and you have to do certain things. Right. The, the number of TIE fighters he blows out of the yes. sky in Force Awakens yep. is, is an amazing scene that you could not have done yeah. Yeah. in the past, at plus, least not easily. Plus he does a trench run like Luke does. Mm-hmm. So in, in that movie, he's, true. he's both Han and Luke. That is true. That is true. And I feel I don't like, like my answer necessarily, <laughs> but I always argue it. <laughs> What's interesting to me is is the characters that you identify with over time. Yeah. And that's also what's so special about something like this is as you grow, like when I was a kid, I loved Luke, you know? Yeah. Every kid in the late 70s, early 80s loved Luke. Or not yeah. every, but many. And then over time, it became more of a Han fixation yeah. because... Yeah. Oh, you know, I'm a teenager. The bad yeah. boy's cool. Um, cool. Yeah. yeah. And then it's come back around with some nostalgia connected. Also, I think that Luke, Mark Hamill as an actor was got better yes. and was allowed to do more with his character over time. And I think in The Last Jedi, he's fantastic. Yeah. And yeah. I really wanted to see more because I thought yeah. that that was the best Luke we had ever seen, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Much as I liked him yeah. in Jedi. I think he's great oh, in he's, that. He but, is, yeah. But, but I really love the sort of unhinged. Yep. Yeah. But the fact that he then grounds himself through her. And it's it's a really nuanced performance yeah. that I really, really yeah, so. enjoyed. And he looks really spiffy in the beard, too. So. He does. Yeah. But yeah. We'll, we'll see some more, I'm sure. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> we'll I don't doubt that. Luke, I'm certain. Uh, favorite planet? Ooh. Uh, Don't worry, Joel. We're going to get to this more of this or that question, so I'll make it much faster for him to answer. <laughs> I know. I feel like I have to give him mine, too, on this one. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll be here all night. You can have two. Yeah, favorite two. Yeah, favorite two, honey. I'm trying to help you out. It's all marriage is all about. Yeah, right? this is compromise right here. Well, I would say Hoth because living in Miami, the heat kills me all the time, and yeah. it just looks so pleasantly, uh, you know, refreshing after humidity. But because uh, I just couldn't do Dagobah, I couldn't Ooh. hack it. So, but honestly, and in are uh, you looking at the postcards that we have? 
like the artistic yeah, renderings. Yeah, the, the, the places to visit. They're yeah. like tourist postcards. Yeah. Um, in in um, Rogue One, what is the, the the planet with the huge Jedi statues? Jeddah. Yeah. Jeddah. Yep. I, I think Jeddah to me was the planet that I wanted to know so much more about. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, you see these cool huge. Building. Yeah. 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 You yeah. see these huge statues, and you see the sacred city, and it was that sudden like. Oh, the origins of yeah. the Jedi, Jedi, Jedi. You know mm-hmm. what? What is this all about? And then they go and they blow the damn I thing know. up. So, yeah. so yeah, that that I think to me was the one that left me with the most need to know more. Yes. Yeah. Although I think Coruscant is an is fascinating in that it is a commentary on uh, perhaps our own environmental situation yeah. on, on Earth right now and sort of the potential for just becoming a completely covered world. Yeah. As you put more carbon dioxide out into the yeah. earth. All right. Uh, a couple more. Quick, uh, quick, quick response. Okay. That was. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We got a couple more of this or that's uh, R2 or 3PO? R2. 3PO. There you go. Uh, Anakin or Vader? Vader. Vader. Yeah, that one's kind of easy one. Uh, Ewoks or Porgs? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I definitely got to edit. That's where you, you do a little Ewok yub yub. <laughs> so sorry. No, it's fine. It's great. Uh, that one's difficult for me because the Ewoks hit again yeah. at that moment. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's the the Barney Stinson, How I Met Your Mother argument mm-hmm. about where you came into it Ewoks. Is, it's Ewoks. Yeah. God. And I think I'm going to, much as, the Porgs are fun. Yeah. And they remind me of my cats for some reason, but yeah. I'm, I'm still going to go with Ewoks yeah. because... They did not annoy me at the age that I was, and I did yeah. not like them in years later, but I have come, come back, back around, around to being yeah. all right with them. Not with the Ewok TV movies. Ewok Adventure, <laughs> I believe, was the first one, and I forget the name of the second. That Caravan I, of Courage. Yes. And I saw Battle them, much to my great disappointment, when you sort of alien threed the whole cast in the second yeah. one, you like kill everyone that you fought for in the first movie. I was done yeah. with them at that moment. Yeah. So. yeah. I have, that's a tough rewatch. I have not gone back to those. I got to go back. They're not on uh, Disney Plus. So I, I guess I'll have to find bootleg copies. Are they going to put the Ewok cartoon? What is it, Ewoks, Ewoks and, and droids? droids. Yeah. I, they're not on there. There's some. I'm, I'm thinking it's probably there. I'm sure they would. I'm guessing it's all just waiting on getting all the marketing. And yes. though I think everything that's up there now is technically new canon, but okay. I think I'm, I'm guessing they'll they'll put some of the old stuff. Yeah, on there, hoping. yeah. I think we need to see those again. Yeah. All right. I apologize, Joel. These are a couple open-ended ones, so no, we'll you're fine. You're fine. Uh, we'll try to keep Perry in check. Uh, favorite bounty hunter? Boba. IG88. Yeah. Boba. Right, Boba. You can't go wrong, with Boba. Boba. Yeah. No, I mean, he's... I've learned. I've learned that that is a safe answer. Yeah. It's, it's a safe and solid, solid answer. Safe and solid answer. Yeah. yeah, Boba. Yeah. Yeah, and he's he's awesome. How did you not pick Boba? I have always been. Well, okay. When I was How a kid, I, I loved Boba. Something about IG, I've yeah. always been a robot guy. I yep. always loved droids, robots of all kinds, yeah. and I always thought IG-88 looked like they had assembled them out of leftover pieces, which I later realized was the cantina equipment in Mos Eisley. So you cantina. want to hear something really interesting. Yes. Uh, when we were at Rhode Island Comic Con, mm-hmm. the guy who created uh, IG-88 was there, the one who put him together. Yeah. And someone asked him about that. That's yes. because I'm that's all internet lore and you look at the pictures it lines up and he refutes that to this day really what he says is he thinks that he wasn't there for a new hope uh-huh. but they just 
accidentally use the same piece of airplane equipment because they're both they're scavenging from the same yard mm -hmm. and so he actually went to the yard and he said everything he he, he used to put edgy 88 was from the scrap yard and he didn't take anything from old so it's just a co crazy coincidence according to him i i guess i could buy yeah. that why would he say you know why would he lie about that yeah I guess, no you know? but i mean subconsciously right yeah mm -hmm. yeah i he, i'm just saying yeah it was interesting but i don't know but I, I, I always thought IGD looked a little rickety at first, but then when you really start to look at how he's jointed and how he can move, <laughs> yeah. it actually is a very efficient design, I felt yeah. like. The uh, zero frills killing droid. Yep. And kind of like your sight. wife. Sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Um, and which is why I admit I got really nervous when I saw IG Eleven yeah. in the Mandalorian because I was like, it's kind of like you know you really love something and then everybody loves that one yeah. sort of minor thing that you loved yeah. and you get like, oh That's man, me and zombies. You were into zombies before <laughs> yeah. all that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then everyone loves it, and they're like, and then it moves on, and they're like, oh, you're just stuck in that, and you're like, I was there before. I know. I, yeah. yeah. And that was my worry, although I have heard about what happens at the end of the first episode of The Mandalorian, and whether or not he will make a reappearance, I don't know, but I've heard yeah. it does not end well for IG-11. No, we're, uh, we, yeah, we are going to tape, I think, tomorrow. Well, was, everything's going to be out of time sync anyway, so yeah. it doesn't matter, but yeah, it's it does not end well for him, though, if at the IG lore with IG-88, which is downloading, I'm guessing yeah. we're going to keep getting <laughs> IG-11 popping, which I hope, because it's a great character. And I was very happy with what they did with him. I was a little nervous it was going to be too cutesy with uh, Taika Waititi doing the voice, which I love him. But yes, oh, it's so good. Yeah, and yeah. that's I, I, that is still my concern. Yep. I love the shots yeah. I've seen of him spinning and yeah. moving, but yeah, sometimes when they get too deep into your little piece, because yeah. you yeah. know he may have had a, a, a black series figure and everything, but he's rarely anybody's nope. favorite. <laughs> yes. as, as someone who owns the black series, I have, I have a very particular list of ones, and I was very that was one I was very happy to see because I he's always been my favorite as well. So I mean, same thing as a kid, just the the fact that this this scary little thing was just there and it took you for it took me a while to see it where i was just like oh that's another bounty hunter because it just looks mm -hmm. like this thing in the background to be like oh that's scarier than even the bug man yeah, yeah. it's very ominous once yeah. you see him back there and then of course the uh, uh tales of the bounty hunters yeah. you know filled out the whole yep. story of the four and the yeah. empire core and all that good stuff which i would love to see them work a little bit of that in somewhere me too, me too. yeah I, I love those tales of all of them i refer to it all the time tales of jabba's jabba's cat uh, palace i love yes. i was talking about the bow monk uh droids walking around the back yes, road yes um yeah i hear there's some of that in mandalorian too yeah i think so nothing a little bit going on there's there's a lot of similar to rogue one there's a lot of lore drops mm -hmm. that you're kind of like if you don't know what's referring to it doesn't take you out of it but if you if you recognize it, it's a nice little treat and yeah. then werner herzog in there <laughs> oh you can't go wrong with <laughs> <laughs> um last question favorite monster or creature so many i know it's a tough one it is did you look at me because you want mine too no i will look at you to see if you were looking at me like really you can't come I mean, up with that more quickly I, i'm just i'm 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 trepidatious for you because i feel like like my eye is twitching because i because i feel like i have to give you mine again no i, I think i can be short about this i, I can think, you i think the one that uh 
much as I always like Hammerhead, I always yeah. thought that was a really yeah. cool character design. The Rancor. Yeah. I, yeah. I always had a, a deal with the Rancor. Again, Jedi mm-hmm. was the one that hit me, me just too. right. Even though Empire's the one I'll go back to, yeah. Jedi was at the right time, the right place for the age, and so the Rancor as was the... As a kid, it was the one I watched the most. It was on repeat yeah. for the most part. Yeah. It sounds so weird. No. All I, I mean... You said it, and the only thing that came in my head was Jabba. That's <laughs> sort of like um, the State Puff Marshmallow Man in my head. Like, Don't cross I know the streams. It, I know it counts, but I'm just like, I think it's because it reminds me of Slimer. Yeah. I don't, is yeah. that... I think does that no, make any absolutely. sense like that? It totally does. It does. It captured my imagination as a kid. It's just, it's just weird, you, gross... Yeah, but it was sort like, of like, you know, he's just unapologetic. Yeah. He's just ah. who he is. Yeah. <laughs> Everything else be damned. No, it's fascinating. It's fascinating that they just put like an opium den in the middle, yeah. of, in the middle of this movie. And I think yeah. as a kid, you were sort of like, I'm not so sure. Yeah. I yeah. don't understand. And, yeah. and of course, the CJ PhD is going to love the intergalactic mobster, <laughs> yeah, the crime, the boss, crime yeah. boss of the galaxy. Yeah. She, of Nothing course, it makes sense. That. Well, you know, I like people who are a little unapologetic sometimes. Fair you enough. are who you are. Whatever and, and yeah, and the fact that he likes to toy with people too, because he's just, what are you gonna do about it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He always and I think also when you're a kid, a little bit of that grossness, it, yeah. like much like Slimer, is sort of cool. Yes, probably because it annoys your parents. Yeah, <laughs> I could get off on a whole age of resistance sidetrack about grossness, but I but I won't. <laughs> Three streams, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much. This was awesome. Do you want to tell everyone uh, where to find you? Sure, you can find us at youhaven'tseenwhatmovie.com. You can also go ahead and download us where you haven't seen what movie. And we sort of have like a Miami Vice logo-ish thing going on. It's pretty it's great. Very 80s. Yeah. Very so, 80s. Yeah. yeah, and on any really major podcast or a podcatcher, we're out there. Yep. Excellent. Yeah. Oh, so. shoot. Yeah, we're on Facebook, Insta, Twitter, blah, 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 yeah. blah. You haven't seen what movie. And did you want to expand a little on what you haven't oh uh, the new the new yeah. stuff yeah. so we uh, just recently came out with you haven't seen what movie the crime files mm. we're talking about uh crime movies from 1970 up until you know the present but we sort of cap it off at 2014 it goes along with a crime movie database that we put together so um you'll hear episodes like clue runaway jury things like shawshank redemption mm-hmm. and really talking about um, all of our great fun stuff and all of our wonderful banter, but also really taking a look at the criminal justice system and what those movies are portraying and what type of archetypes it's putting out yep. for public perception and consumption. So, you know, um, things things that we might not have ever thought about before, things, you know, like the whole idea of the CSI effect, um, like all of a sudden juries needed, you know, Mm-hmm. DNA evidence and they needed forensics and they needed all of those pieces. So the same concept holds true for a lot of those. So, you know, for like clue, it's like all of a sudden it's like, well, who did do it? Right. And you have all of these other streams and consciousness about it. So it's a new and interesting project and, uh, it gives me a chance to stretch my criminology legs mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's kind of fun. Perry goes along for the ride with me. Being as I know much less about the criminal justice system, Joelle gets to uh, correct me a lot. So right. or or tell me no, it works like this. So it's really entertaining that yeah. way. Is but to it's see helpful, me right? To have the the quote unquote layperson. Yes. And what you took away from and it. And so yeah. I sort of you know I, I will give the 
opinion of the moviegoer, yep. you know, the media consumer who is watching this. And we talk about that a lot is what impact it has on the general population because most people are not as deeply steeped in sure. criminal justice and in the system and the history of it. And what they have learned, they have often learned from other forms of media. Yes. And so I'm in that place. And so when we talk about things, sometimes she'll go, well, actually, that's a mis misconception about that. Yeah. Here's the real statistics behind that and, you know, what's really going on. It's giving me a lot more cred. And so, yeah. so, yeah, and that's, that's, that's kind of where we're approaching that one from is from the cultural perspective and then more of the, the technical and how it all really fits together. So it should be a fun adventure. Yeah, and we Super still fight cool. like a married couple. Yeah. It's perfectly it great. Yeah. Well, that's yep. the backbone of the podcast. Yeah, it, it, it really is. I never really realized it before, but um, our marriage and our dynamic is is uh, is interesting. And I guess laid at out best. for everyone to see. Yeah. It, it really is. Um, I probably lay out more of my life and um, my non PG ness than I ever care to admit <laughs> in our podcast. <laughs> And on occasion has yeah. thrown things at me. So that, uh, you know, you can listen for those special episodes where things yeah. go go bump okay. on the microphones. <laughs> it's usually my head. You're not an abused husband. No. Okay. Yeah, they're soft things. <laughs> right. Well, I don't know. How soft is a pen? But <laughs> no, they're small. <laughs> they don't leave a mark. Uh, it's, you know, it's the words that hurt more. And yeah, sometimes. Oh, my words? <laughs> Do they cut to the white meat? <laughs> I'm so sorry. Frequently. But thanks for having us. Yes. It's, it's really amazing. It's such a kismet moment that we met last year. Yes. And like, podcast, you do a podcast? You do a podcast? Okay. A, like, random conference for educator for, for like. Yeah, like, academia. let's podcast together. Yeah. Oh, this is perfect. Yes. And I and I have to credit, uh, you know, thank you for having us on. Thank you to all of the, uh, the contributors of Core World News, because I have to say that it has helped to elevate my fandom mm. as of late because I always appreciated the full extent of the universe. But when you hear other people who are really passionate talking about the details and how they fit together without always having to go and read them, I just don't always have the sure, time to read all the books. It's a, and, a lot of time. And there are decades worth yeah, of it. Yeah. I remember uh, my friend in uh, grade school reading Splinter of the Mind's Eye oh, yeah, in yeah. our seventh grade math class because he already <laughs> knew all the answers. And so he read that book like seven times in a row because it's the only book yeah. he could find on Star Wars time. in our yeah. school. You know, again, sort of dark ages of oh, the yeah. post-Jedi, mm -hmm. uh, Return of the Jedi 80s where we just had nothing, nothing. except some comic books. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, just seeing uh, all the tying of that together and all the little bits and pieces of history that I did not know. So I've appreciated it. I've enjoyed oh, it. Oh, thank you. We, we like doing it. Excellent. It shows. All right. This is Grex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow at Core World News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you, and good night. Remember, the Force will be with you, always.